Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Welcome to this last message in the series on the judgment of God. Let's pray as we begin, shall we? Father, I pray that you would just send Holy Spirit to take the truth of your word and apply it to our hearts so that we can be the people that you want us to be. Anoint your servant as he preaches truth. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. This is the last message on a series on the judgment of God. We've taken a little bit of time to talk about a number of things. But the most important thing we've learned is that every single one of us will one day stand before God to give an account for our lives. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed unto man once to die and then judgment. Every one of us will stand before God to give an account for our lives. There are two deaths. One is physical, one is spiritual. There are two resurrections. The resurrection Jesus said to life or the resurrection to condemnation. And there are two judgments. The first one for the believer who is judged for what he did as a Christian and he will be rewarded on the base of that judgment. And the second is for the wicked, those that rejected Christ. What they did, their sin, and they will be judged for their rejection of Jesus. We took time to talk about in the second message that God is the judge, principles of judgment. He's appointed Jesus to be the judge. Judgment is according to truth and so on. And then the third message was specifically about the judgment seat of Christ, when believers will stand before Jesus to give an account of their works in order to be assigned a role in the future kingdom of God and to be rewarded for their faithfulness. It's not a judgment for sin, it's a judgment for reward. Today I want to talk about the judgment, the second judgment, the judgment of those that have rejected Christ. Oh, this is such an important message. It's about what is coming for those of us who have not received Christ. It's called the great white throne judgment. And our scripture, the scripture that tells us about this is in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 to 15. This is what John said as he wrote, and I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things which were written in the works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in them. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. This is a powerful message about what is going to happen to those that have not received Christ. It's going to happen as a judgment for their rejection of Jesus. They will stand before Jesus. 
They will be resurrected to stand before Jesus. Instead of standing before the judgment seat of Christ to receive a reward, they will stand before the great white throne judgment in order to be condemned and sent to exile forever. They will be judged for two things. One, their sin, their acts of rebellion against God and against his ways. Number two, they will be judged for what they did with Jesus. They rejected God's solution. They did not accept God's remedy for sin. They will be judged by a record of books that are kept in heaven. And they will be sent to hell in order to banish them forever from the kingdom of God. The Bible says, and we read it before, for he, God, has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. He has given proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. The judgment day of God is an appointment we must all keep. Jesus, the very one who was judged for our sin on the cross by God the Father, he will be our judge. I want you to notice with me that the wicked will be judged, and we read this, from the books. It will take place on the basis of evidence that is recorded in heaven. In Revelation 20, verse 12, we read, I saw the dead and the great and the small standing before the throne, and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead and they that were in it and death and hell gave up the dead that were in them and everyone was judged according to what they had done. God is the keeper of the books. These are books in heaven that record everything that has ever happened. Yes, this is possible. People might have wondered if it was possible in the past. But we know today in the world that we live that we record everything. Brain scientists tell us that our brains have a record of everything that we have done throughout our lives. And we can recall many of them. Modern computers record almost everything there is about you and I. There are cameras everywhere recording activity. If you walk through London, they say you'll be photographed a thousand times in a day. And so it is with God's set of books. It's a record of everything that has happened, a full account of everyone and everything they've ever done. What are these books? There's the book, first of all, of conscience. God has written truth in our hearts and in our minds. We're conscious and aware of what is true. We know what is true. Romans chapter 2, verse 14 says, When the Gentiles, who do not have the law, do by nature the things required by the law, they are a law for themselves, even though they don't have the law. They show that the requirements of the law are written on their hearts, their consciences also bearing witness, and their thoughts now accusing or even defending them. This will take place on the day when God judges everyone's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. We all know what is right and wrong, and we will be judged on the basis of violating the book of conscience. You can claim ignorance of the law, but it does not remove guilt. 
we will be judged by our conscience. Number two, the book of words. Every word that you and I have spoken is recorded. Matthew chapter 12, verse 26 says, you brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Good people bring good things out of the good stored up in them, and evil people bring evil things out of the evil stored up in them. But I tell you that people will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. That's the Bible. There's a book that's recorded our words. We curse. We take God's name in vain. We speak evil of others. We gossip. We lie. We bear false witness. There is a record of every word and every thought that we've ever thought. You and I will be judged and condemned by our own words. You and I thought that, we, that what we had said is forgotten. It's vanished. Nobody heard. Not true. God has recorded it all and we will be judged by our words. And then there's the book of secrets, the things that we thought were hidden, that no one else saw. But I want you to know nothing is hidden from God, and nothing is covered up from God. Everything that we thought, every secret will be exposed. We read just a moment ago, this will take place on the day when God judges everyone's secrets through Jesus Christ, as my gospel declares. You can't hide from God. He sees it all. David wrote in the Psalms, Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become as day around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day. For darkness is as light to you. You know, sins that are committed in secret, things that we've done in the dark, thinking that nobody sees, God sees, and they will be exposed by the book that records every secret. Ecclesiastes, the wise man in Ecclesiastes 12, verses 3 says, here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of every man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. I'm standing before you today to tell you that you cannot escape the judgment of God. Nothing is hidden from him. You need to stop trying to hide from God. You need to come back to God. You need to surrender to God today. It's all recorded in the books, the book of conscience, the book of words, the book of secrets, and then the book of deeds. Everything we have ever done has been recorded. Jesus said, the son of man is going to come in his father's glory with his angels. And then he will reward everyone according to what they have done. We will not be able to hide from the truth of our actions. It's recorded in the book of deeds. And then the last book is the book of life. What an important book this is. The book of life is a record of all the names of those who have believed the gospel and have surrendered their lives to the sovereignty of God. They've taken Jesus as Savior and Lord. 
It's a record of those that have been born again. It's a roster of the names of the citizens of heaven. It's a record of the names of the members of the family of God. It's so important that your name is written in this book. Because if it's not, you don't go to heaven, you go to hell. We hear of the book of life throughout the Bible. God said to Moses, when the people rebelled, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. When we sin, God takes our name out of the book of life. In Psalm 69, David defends himself against the wicked who are against him. In verse 28, he says, may they be blotted out of the book of life and not be listed with the righteous. In the book of Revelation, or rather Daniel, speaks of the book of life in the last days. In Philippians, Paul speaks of his co-workers, of those whose names are in the book of life. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks of the faithful Christians in the church in the city of Sardis, saying that I will never blot out their names from the book of life, but will acknowledge their names before my Father and his angels. Is your name in the book of life? It's so important, because if it's not there, you cannot spend eternity with God. The book of life is a record of all who love Jesus, who have trusted in him as Savior and surrendered to him as Lord, who have been born again. Those whose names are in the book of life have a reservation in heaven. But finally, in Revelation chapter 20, verse 12, from our text, all whose names were not found written in the book of life were thrown into the lake of fire. This is God's word. We don't want to hear a message that warns us of the fires of hell. But we must declare the whole counsel of God. I would not be a faithful minister of the gospel of Jesus. I would not be a faithful pastor of this church. I wouldn't be a good messenger of heaven if I stood before the people of Uganda and didn't tell them there was a heaven to gain and there was a hell to shun. We don't want to hear it, but it's so important that we do. We will be judged. The psalmist said, the Lord is known by the judgment which he executes. The wicked is snared by the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forget God. This is a dire warning of the consequences of rejecting Jesus and living a life of sin. We will be judged. The judgment of God is a serious thing. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back. Why is Jesus coming back? I've shared this already a number of times. He's coming back to stop the madness and rebellion of this world. God will not allow the rebellion of mankind against himself and against his creator to go on forever. He will not allow men to ignore and reject his son Jesus and live as they choose. He will not allow the wicked to rule over the righteous unjustly forever. God hears the cry of the oppressed and the poor and those who are oppressing and causing their poverty, he will avenge. God will provide justice. That's his nature. Jesus is coming to ensure that the justice of God is made effective. He can do no less. Mere human leaders may fail in providing justice in the land in which they are a leader, but not God in his kingdom. Human leaders may ignore their God-delegated responsibility to ensure justice as stewards of the leadership that God has given them in the nations which they lead, 
but they will stand as leaders before God to give an account of their leadership. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 to 10, God says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to those you who, who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who did not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might on the day that he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who believe. Oh, this is such an important message. I must give it to you. Are you going to trust Christ and spend eternity with him? Or are you going to reject him and be banished from the kingdom forever? Jesus is coming back to stop the madness of the rebellion of this world. He will do it on judgment day. Jesus is coming back to protect the innocent from the wicked. The Bible says of God in Psalm 7 verse 9, bring an end, the bring to an end the violence of the wicked and make the righteous secure. You, the righteous God who probes minds and hearts. God is going to protect the innocent. Do you know that every sin is an insult to our holy God? He will not leave sin unpunished, unjudged. David said, I will sing to the Lord all my life. I will sing praise to my God as long as I live. May, he, may the meditation be pleasing to him as I rejoice in the Lord. But may sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked be no more. God is going to make sure that sinners vanish from the earth and the wicked are no more. The primary role of national leadership is justice and security for the people of the nation. A truly civil society acknowledges the need for justice. There can be no civil society without the righteous law and without punishment for the transgression of law, without justice. A community that allows its citizens to blatantly break the law and does not hold them accountable and liable for their transgressions will be a community that slides into chaos, ruin, and injustice. And there will be innocent who will suffer. It's what we call the breakdown of law and order. True justice demands law and order. Justice also demands judgment for the guilty. Justice demands payment for the transgression. It may be in the form of a fine or a prison sentence. Love for justice demands that the innocent are protected from the wickedness of the transgressors of the law. God will not allow those who are wicked to rule over the innocent. If you go through a red light, you're guilty of, an, of breaking the law. To punish and warn you, you should be assessed a fine. If you continue to do that, go through the red light, you should be imprisoned. Not only to punish you, but to protect the innocent people who are going through the traffic lights. To protect them from the danger that you are to them. And to protect our society from becoming chaotic. At least that's what's supposed to happen in a civil and a just society. The community that God expects of us. If part of the community, arrogantly, leadership or others, 
disregard the law and are never held accountable for their rebellion against order, then we unleash into the community a spirit of lawless rebellion against justice and security, and the innocent always suffer. God will not allow this in the kingdom of God. He will not allow this on the earth forever. Why do we have prisons? To punish those who do wrong, to remove bad elements from society. We have prisons to protect the innocent from the evil acts and the intentions of the wicked. Jesus is coming back to be, to be the righteous and just ruler over a new earth and a new heaven where there is righteousness. He will establish law and order over the earth. And he will banish all of those who refuse to live a just life. First Thessalonians 4, verses 6 to 10. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord. I'm here to tell you and to warn you, but I'm also here to tell you God is patient and long-suffering. Unfortunately, God's patience and long-suffering have caused men to think that they're going to get away with it, that, he will not, that they will not be judged, that they will not be held accountable. Right now, they've deceived themselves into thinking that they'll get away with their evil and their wicked ways. Nothing could be further from the truth. There is a book that has recorded everything, and you will be judged by what is in that book. Our loving, just, holy, kind, and good God will hold all men accountable on the judgment day, but he will be especially harsh in his judgment for kings and for rulers who had the primary responsibility of establishing and upholding law and order and providing justice for the people of the nations that they lead on behalf of God. But in their greed and their lust for power and for wealth, in their pride and their arrogance, out of love for position, title and privilege, these leaders have ignored the primary matters of justice, law, and order. Let me tell you, this is not your world. This is God's world. He will hold you accountable. Now is the time for patience, grace, and mercy. Now is the time for repentance and making things right. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not willing that any should perish, but everyone come to repentance. I have to warn you, now is the day to get right with God because judgment day is coming for you and for me. I can't speak to you about the judgment of God without speaking about the wrath of God, the anger of God. Some people don't want to talk about the wrath of God and the anger of God. They don't think God ever gets angry. But this is what the Bible says in Psalm 7 verse 11. God judges the righteous and God is angry with the wicked every day. Sin is an insult to the holiness of God. Sin is a mortal danger to the health of God's creation. Sin is rebellion against the righteousness and the goodness of God. Sin is thumbing our noses at God and saying, get out of my life, God. I'm going to live life my way, not your way. And you cannot get away with it. God hates sin so much that he has always provided for a way for sin to be forgiven and removed. In the Old Testament, it was through animals being sacrificed. Every, every society, even those that never knew about Jesus, knew about blood sacrifice. In Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, we're told without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Why? Because the wages of sin is death. 
The second part of the verse tells us, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus, our Lord. Jesus is God's solution to the sin problem. He died. His blood was, was poured out as an atonement for our sins. Romans 6 continues in verse 24. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Why? What have you done while God is being patient with your rebellion and your sin? You've carried on in your sin. You've carried on in your rebellion against God. You have chosen to ignore God. You don't give Jesus a second thought. The only time you speak of Jesus is a swear word. Psalm 50 says this, consider this, you who forget God, or I will tear you to pieces with no one to rescue you. This is the Bible. I'm a preacher. I have to tell you what the Bible says and warn you of the danger that you're in. I'm here to warn you today of the danger you're facing of being lost for God forever, from God forever, and spending eternity in the presence of Satan and every demon that has ever existed. And a lot of wicked people too. You tell God to get out of your life. You don't want anything to do with him. You hold the failure and the shortcomings of others to be your excuse for turning your back on God and not going to church. Someone at church hurt you. Get over it, grow up, and get right with God. You blame God. You don't go to church. You don't tithe. You don't support God's work financially. You just care about getting money for yourself and getting a bigger house. When was the last time you honored God with something out of your own bank account? And then you want God to just forgive you and take you to heaven? Wake up. You don't read your Bible. You don't pray. You're sexually unfaithful as a way of life. You cheat on your wife. You let your children down. You exploit your workers. You don't protect the poor and the vulnerable. You lie. You steal. You cheat. You'll do anything to get ahead. You don't fight corruption. You practice corruption. You actively participate in, a, in the lawless chaos and the disorder of the community around you. Romans chapter 2, verses 3 says, Do you think you will be able to escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt? For the riches of his kindness, forbearance, and patience, not realizing that the goodness of God in, is intended to lead you to repentance. You need to repent or burn. How long do you think you can get away with, with treating God like this? I'm calling you to humble penitence. I'm standing before you today as God's messenger, I'm here to warn you, there is a judgment day coming. The righteous judge will do what is right. Change your attitude. Change your ways. Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 to 6 says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these... The wrath of God is coming. God's patience and forbearance will not last forever. One day it will give way to his anger and wrath. And I must say this to some others that are listening to me today. Some of us, some of you, some of us go to church. 
We sing the hymn. We put on a show. We have a pretense of civility, but you've never been born again. You've never got on your knees and said, Jesus, forgive me. You've never surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus. Your name is not written in the book of life. You go to church on Sunday, but you live like the devil on Monday. You're a hypocrite. You're a two-faced deceiver. You, your children and your friends and your associates know it. Shame on you, my friend. You hide behind your money, your position, your status in life. You're proud of your title of doctor or engineer or professor or something else. But God sees through it all. You want someone to honor you by calling you sir or madam or your excellency or honorable. But if you're not born again, I call you Mr. Unwise. I'm standing before you today to call you to get right with God. Hebrews 10, 26 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. And then verse 31, it is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. We don't want to hear this message but it is so important that we do. I do not love you if I keep this message from you. Oh, Uganda, it's time to get right with God. I'm here to tell you, since then, we know what it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. I'm here to persuade you today. I'm speaking here on God's behalf. We therefore, Paul said, are Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. When you trust in Christ, God's wrath is removed from you because he put it on Jesus in your place. The Bible says, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? The only way for God's anger and wrath to be removed from you is to trust in Christ. When Jesus was crucified, when he poured out his blood on that cross, God's wrath, his anger that you deserve and I deserve was put on Jesus. Jesus was judged in our place. Our sin covered him. And God hated sin so much that in that moment, he turned his back on Jesus who had become sin for us. The earth shook. Darkness covered the earth. The very foundations of life trembled as the most momentous event in history transpired. God took the punishment that we deserve and he put it on his son, Jesus. And he did it because he loves us. He doesn't want us to perish and go to hell. He wants us to repent and receive life. Reject Jesus and God's wrath remains on you. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever rejects the Son will not see life. For God's wrath remains on them. I want to close this series on the judgment of God. I have tried to be straight and honest, and true to the word of God. This is such an important message. When will you hear this message again? I'm not coming to you out of anger. 
I'm coming to you out of love and concern for your soul. It doesn't matter who you are, what station you hold in life, how important you think you are, what title you carry. Have you surrendered your life to Christ? The cross is God's solution. God sent his one and only perfect son, sinless son, to pay the penalty for our sin on the cross. By receiving him, you receive life. By rejecting him, you reject life. Jesus said, he that is not with me is against me. Are you for Jesus? Why don't you prove it by repenting and changing your ways? Judgment day is coming. It's an appointment we must all keep. You can scoff if you wish, but God is the righteous judge. There's coming a day when it will be too late. I heard the story of a, a man who was accused of murder and he was tried. He had a very smart lawyer who worked very hard. His background, he was a good man in many ways and he was acquitted. He was not, he was found not guilty for the murder. 20 years later, the same man was again tried for murder. And this time, the lawyer had become a judge. And instead of defending the accused man, he had to condemn the man who was found guilty. Right now, Jesus is your lawyer defending you before God, giving you an opportunity. But one day, he's going to be your judge. It's time. Uganda, it's time to get right with God. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey, hey.